Well, morning church. Happy birthday, Michael. 30 today. Praise the Lord. And Seth. 26, Seth. On the same day. Brilliant. 56 years between you. Nearly as old as me. Flipping it. Wonderful. Well, good morning, everybody. Just um, to follow on and link to Aaron's message last week, I've got a little video to a song to play for you. Just It's just a minute and a half or so, a short song. It's uh, Darlene Jack. Maybe you know Darlene Jack. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Color. No, where was it? Where were we at? Cherish Conference. Her daughter is singing this song. Just listen to her voice. Oh, my goodness. And listen to the words. Just one line song. Just let the peace of God... Aaron was talking about panic, attacking panic and breaking through and receiving peace. And the word I've got today is about your calling and the loving God's calling. And uh, just prepare your hearts and uh, you know, just enjoy. Have a minute of peace and enjoy this song. footsteps. We were singing earlier, Jesus is calling you. And I wanted to talk about that very subject this morning. Jesus is calling you. My title is Love God's Calling. And it's a wonderful promise and a great truth that I want to talk about this morning. And I wonder, I need your involvement today a little bit. So when, uh, how many of you would be comfortable putting up your hand to say that you have a sense of God's calling on your life, if that makes any sense to you. Claire, wonderful. One or two. Yeah, one or two. Ned and the tentative answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a difficult question sometimes and a challenge and something we may not be feel able to talk boldly about because it feels almost sometimes, I don't know, maybe almost presumptuous thing. Why would God call me? But he does. He does. I believe that God has a call for every single person in this room, certainly, and across the whole world, in fact. We're going to talk about that and just show you that. And I want to encourage you, and I want you to believe that your life is so valuable and so important because of God's call on your life. It makes everything worthwhile, everything significant, and it's a wonderful promise. So let, let's, uh, you up for that today? God's call? Love God's call? How many of you love God's call? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Great front row here. Bit sleepy at the back row, but yeah, we're, we're doing okay. We'll, I'll try and see if I'm waking. Keep, keep, keep you awake. So, the first slide, Robert, if you've got it there. Love God's calling. The, this was my inspiration behind this, actually, is Aaron, partly. Uh, Aaron Dowds, remember a couple of weeks back, we've uh, anointed him as lead pastor here, senior pastor. And I've been privileged to be close to the journey that he's been on. I've known Aaron since he was about eight or nine or ten years old. Here comes the rain again. I'll speak up. I'm a bit, a bit croaky this morning, so sorry. I hope you can still hear me. So I've seen Aaron's move and grow and respond to God's call in his life. And in the last year or two, I've just been so excited to hear him share about how he feels that there is nothing that will satisfy him unless he's able to give his whole life to building up the kingdom of God and church. And he wants to either plant church or serve church as much as he can. And he's given up a career in pharmacy, although he enjoyed it because he's got a calling, I believe, and he believes to serve God as a church leader. And, and, and it just comes together beautifully that we've got the opportunity and need for a new senior pastor. So praise God. We see God coming together and releasing this. And uh, Lindsay too. You know, God thinks of all things and the calling in her life, bringing her together with Aaron. All their history and all that's happened in their family is leading to this point and leading to this time that, that God is moving. I don't, and I, I would love you to catch that, that, that something significant is happening before your very eyes, that this is 40 years of preparation in a man's life and a woman's life to come to this moment, that God is building something and preparing something. And I believe that each one of you also has as, as significant a life and a calling. And that's a great hope to have. And I want to convince you of that. The word God gave me for Aaron a couple of weeks back was Ephesians 4, 1 and 2. I urge you, it says, to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. What great scriptures, great promises, great truth. And the question is, what does it really mean to have a call of God on your life? So we'll look at that today. Next slide, Robert. Thank you. The Old Testament in the Bible is full of stories of faith, of men and women of faith who have a calling on their lives. And I want to suggest to you that God's calling on your life is significant and important because when we look at what we read about in the Bible, how God has built his church and his kingdom, the history from Genesis right through to Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, we see a story of men and women being called by God. And it's through this call that God seems to build his kingdom. It's that significant that God's purposes are full, fulfilled through the call on people's lives. We think of, obviously, Abraham. If you know that story, we've talked about it many times. The great call on Abraham's life. The father of faith called out of his home and his family to go to a new land and promised to be a blessing to all nations. The call in Abraham's life was to be a blessing to all nations. And that call, that first call, if you like, that God uh, started to ring out over all creation and of all mankind grows from that moment. And we are still in the midst 
of seeing that call fulfilled. And we uh, recognize other heroes of the Bible that you may recognize if you've not been in church, maybe from Sunday school days or just uh, uh, Moses. Moses and Disney helps. Disney really helps, doesn't it? They have some great movies. Um, Exodus, uh, Moses, of course, called to lead the Egyptians, a million people out of uh, captivity to worship God on the mountain. A great man of faith and the call to set his people free came into his life. And reluctantly, ever so reluctantly, he responded to it. Others as well, of course, um, Joshua, we've not got mentioned there, leads the people of God into the promised land. King David called from tending sheep, a humble shepherd, the lowest in his family, to be a great king of Israel and his son Solomon building a temple for God. Jonah, many people familiar with the story of Jonah. Jonah, you're a Jonah. It's a terrible thing to say. People don't like Jonah. And he was like maybe you and I sometimes feel, do I really want to have a call of God in my life? What would it mean for me? Would I have to do things I don't want to do go places I don't want to do. Like Jonah, he was a, a great example, encouragement to us that when God's call comes, sometimes it can seem quite hard. And he ran the other way, as you know, and ended up in a, the stomach of a fish. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, there you go. Great story, though, and wonderful example to us to help us to know that sometimes it's, we need a bit of courage to trust God for his call. Isaiah, the prophet's if you have a call of God in your life, pretty much in the Old Testament, you've got a book named after you as well. So all these guys, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, all called by God to preach the word to the nations. Isaiah was called to, uh, who, who, God saying, who, am, who shall I send? And Isaiah responds, here I am, send me. And that's the sort of spirit we want to encourage and believe that we, we can have that, yes, here I am, God, send me. Nehemiah. Ezekiel, who um, did incredible things. And he's an interesting one. Ezekiel 2 says, And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak to you. I'm not going to ask you to stand on your feet. But there's a sense that sometimes we need to do that in our lives. Is God sometimes says, right, come on, stand up. Sometimes we feel heavy, laden down, burdened, confused, unsure of what and where God is. And what's going on? And there's so much happening in the world. And just, again, encourage you to listen to Aaron's message last week. In the midst of troubled times, difficult times, we, of all people, have a hope and a call. And Ezekiel is told, Son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. Then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me and set me on my feet. And I heard him who spoke to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me until this very day, for they are prudent and stubborn children. I am sending you to them. You shall say, Thus says the Lord. It wasn't an easy call to respond to, but that, what we see there, the Holy Spirit coming upon a man and lifting him up, I believe that's the hope that we have today and the promise. And I believe that's going to happen to some of you today who are just down. God wants you to lift you up. And the call of God, if you hear God's call in your life, it's never too late to hear God's call in your life. It will lift you up and give you hope and a purpose. I believe it. That's what I'm hoping for today and believing for today. And um, all this uh, Hebrews 11 is a great chapter in the New Testament about looking back 
when the New Testament was written about all these heroes of the faith who it says ministered justice, overcame kingdoms, did great things, gained what was promised. Fantastic. And we think of God's call, I guess, as a high thing. And we think of Aaron maybe as having a high calling to be a pastor, a lead pastor. But, and that's certainly true, I think, as we look back and we can think that if I have a call of God in my life, I'm going to need to go to Africa. I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to be a preacher or um, something, you know, in the church, something very religious and maybe not something that actually I quite fancy too much. Um, I don't believe that's true. I believe God's call will be absolutely appropriate to who you are and what you're doing. And let's look at why. Because the call of God grows from the first it was announced in Abraham right through the New Testament. We come to the man who was called. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, and it's a promise that you've maybe heard before and used before and applied to individual lives, that God has a, a plan for your life to prosper you, not to harm you. For a hope and a future. And that's a great promise to have, David, isn't it? You have a hope and a future. You have a hope and a future. But that was actually promised to the nation of Israel. And it's right, we're able. All God's promises are yes in Jesus. But it, we can take hold of that. But the promise was linked, limited to the nation of Israel and the people of Israel and the great men of God and women of God. But when Jesus came, something incredible happens. Something completely changes when the man who was called above all callings, the man who's got the perfect call, who fulfilled the call of God completely, perfectly, obediently, who did not shirk the call of God in his life. The perfect man, the Son of God, Jesus comes. And we know, of course, the next slide, Robert, um, the story of Jesus, and we want to honor him and understand why he's so important to the call of God, because he carried and fulfilled the call of God to Abraham and right through the nations, the, the story of the nation of Israel, to the, the announcement to Poor old Mary, bless her heart, Mary told by an angel her call. Less grand than some of the ones we've heard about. Just have a baby, please. By the way, you're not going to get married first, but don't worry about that. Just have a baby. My goodness. And Zechariah announced by an angel, you're just going to have a son. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Your wife's old. But and, and start the call starts changing in tone. And it feels like, well, what is that? That's a call just to have a family? Oh my goodness. But that's how God's most significant purpose was fulfilled. The obedience of Mary, the response to say, yes, be it as you say. Wonderful. And then Jesus himself, the Son of God, grows up and starts to minister. And his first words, I love this, when he explains what his calling is. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to pro proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is a promise like no other. This is a call above all calls. This is the best news in the world, in the universe, for every single person that the call is not just for the privileged few, but it's for everybody. It's those, for those who are in a low place, those who are young, those who are not so wise, not so clever, not so holy, not so good, not so 
sporty, not talented in any way, but if you're any of those people, God wants you. The call is changing. And it's not a thing that's far away. It's a thing that becomes close. Praise the Lord, from whom all blessings flow. You still hear me okay? I'm really croaky, so I hope you're okay. And as Jesus, um, and again, it's just great. Jesus, Son of God, comes along and starts looking and walking out the call to say, ah, right, who am I going to get? Am I going to get some leaders, some powerful men? No, he finds some fishermen, doesn't he? And we know that um, he just picks guys, fishermen, come follow me, he says, and I will make you fishers of men. Don't you love it how Jesus uses great language that the guys will understand? <laughs> it's not too sophisticated, is it? But it's just a wonderful promise. And, you know, I wonder what it would be for you. What's in your life? David, taxi driver. Come, follow me, and I will help you carry people home at night. Just a brilliant thing. I wonder what God's call would be to you. What are you doing in your life right now? And that he's going to talk to you about that. Because we think, well, hang on, how does he know about that? Because he purposed in you since before the beginning of time. He knew who you are before you were even conceived in your mother's womb. He knows about you. He is your father, your creator. And, he, and it's no accident that you're even here today. And it's a wonderful promise. No accident that these guys were fishers of men who became fishers of men. They were fishers of fish, of course. And God uses that, and he will speak to you at that level. And then he meets Levi, the tax collector. And he goes, Levi, come follow me. And I guess even Jesus struggles to know how to attract a tax collector into the kingdom of God. You sort of, you know, work with the Romans, you're greedy, you're, I can't think of it. Just come, follow me. You know, maybe there's some of us like that. There's nothing in your life that you can think, oh my God, my God, did I swear? No, I didn't. Oh my God, how can you speak to me? Uh, but he can. He can. Come, follow me. That is invitation. That is the hope. Come, follow me. Praise the Lord. He illustrates this God in his, one of the parables in uh, Matthew 22. Jesus, the Son of God, says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But they, re they refused. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I've prepared my dinner. Here's the nature of the call. Don't you love God's call on your life? Don't you love God's call? That is for the weak and the low. And it's like a party. It's an invitation to a party, to a wedding feast, to a banquet. This is the call. This is the parable he uses. Tell those who have been invited that I've prepared my dinner. Oxen and fattened calf have been, uh, cattle have been butchered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to this field, another to his business. And there it is. There's the truth of society and culture and people today that there's so much going on to attract your attention, to invite you to different things, to give you time to, give you money to, give you energy to. The invitation of God is lost so often and we miss the heart of it and we don't recognize its beauty and its truth and its power and its hope. But here it is, and we need to just turn, make sure we're not those who don't come, who don't respond when the invitation comes. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. And it goes on. It doesn't end well for them. It says, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So do this. 
This is the parable. This is how God, Jesus himself explains the kingdom of God. So go to the street corners. Invite to the banquet anyone you find. Church, anyone you can find. Any, anyone you can find is invited to this banquet. Anyone you can find is invited to this church. Anyone you can find is invited to the kingdom of God, to the call of God. It's open for everybody, whoever, wherever, whatever. And even goes to say this, so the servants went out the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with the guests. Any bad people here? Thanks, David. Just the one. We're okay, guys. You're invited. You're invited. How good is this call? How much can we love the call of God in our lives? Love God's calling. It's so good. It's so powerful. It's so beautiful. And everyone can come. Everyone is invited. Sometimes we're not sure about it, though. It's true, isn't it? We forget this as church. And I think, I believe, and I hope as a church going forward it's in society and beyond, well beyond our walls, that challenge is going to be one that we want to meet head on. How can we really manage to get this message out that all people everywhere are invited? Oh, my goodness. It's a radical thought. But it's the Word of God, I believe. Let's look at the next slide. Paul, the writer of most of the New Testament, his call was remarkable. His call was tangible. It was on the road to Damascus, and it was sound, it was light, it was everything you hope you might receive. Anybody heard an audible word from God in their lives before, can I ask you? Wonderful. It's quite a thought. I'd love to know more about that. Some do. Paul did, an audible voice. Many others don't hear that. And it comes in different ways. But for Paul, he needed to really get saved. He was really bad. This, he even describes himself as the worst of sinners. But the call comes and he's told to go and find out how much he will suffer for the kingdom of God. Bless him. But he gets this like nobody else. He understands like nobody else how wonderful, how beautiful, incredible is the call of God. And he writes about it for our benefit, for the church's benefit. For example, in Thessalonians 1, chapter 2, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live life worthy of the God who calls you into his kingdom and his glory. This is the gospel call. The call that Jesus brought to everybody has different layers and levels, and it's personal, and it's gospel, and it's the message of Christ, it's the hope of Christ, it's the gospel message, and the gospel calls you into his kingdom. It adopts you as his sons. All these wonderful promises are filled through Jesus Christ, that we're called to eternal life. We're called to freedom. We're called to know God. We're called to be able to come into his presence. We're called to be able to know God for ourselves and hear him. We're called to trust him and be acceptable to him. As the gospel message, we're called to his eternal glory. We're called to a heavenly place. What a wonderful call. Can't you love God's call? Can anybody here say that they love God's call anymore? Yes. Just two now. I'll flip. I'm not doing well here. It's amazing. But there's a specific call as well, I believe, for every single person. God knows every hair of your head. 
And, and, and Paul understood it too, I think. He writes in 1 Corinthians 1, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were before you were called. Not many of you wise by human standards. Not many influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose. If anybody's got any doubt whether they're included or not, here you go. There, here's the list. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things, the things that are not to nullify the things that are. How beautiful is God's call to all people everywhere. Nobody is too small. Nobody is too weak. Nobody is too quiet. Nobody is too foolish. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God's call is wonderful. God's call is so good. God's call is so so all-consuming for everybody who responds. For we are God's handiwork, Paul wrote, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we want to hear God's call, to understand, first of all, that we're called to the gospel through Jesus Christ, and we can relax and receive it. There's nothing we can do to add to it, nothing that we can do to achieve it, nothing we can do to buy it, nothing that we can do other than trust in Jesus for our salvation to receive the gospel message, to receive Jesus into our lives and hearts, to believe that he died on the cross for our lives and was raised to life again. That's the gospel. But the call leads you through that door, through the way, the truth and the life, into the eternity of God, to the hope of God, the kingdom of God, but God's not finished there because he's got good works for you to do, already prepared in advance. He doesn't just wait for heaven. We're just not to sit here and wait. We've got good works prepared in advance. So God knows what we're going to do. Sometimes we agonize and worry. Am I doing the right thing? Am I giving the right time to the right things? Am I in the right job? Am I in the right relationship? Am I this? Am I that? And, and I understand that. I've been through that many years. It's taken me years to work out and be comfortable. In fact, I only wrote down God's calling in my life yesterday after... <laughs> 31 years or so of wondering what on earth am I meant to be doing with my life and I look back and was able to see what God has done what God has called me to and I'll show you that in a little minute Um, but some people hear God's voice and respond some people are less sure and I want to encourage you today firstly that God has a purpose for your life and a call in your life and if you need faith to believe it you're right you do You're right, you do. But you meet the qualifications, don't you? You can't write yourself off. You can't write yourself off. The invitation is for everybody, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. There's a general call, the gospel, and a specific call. Purposes, things for you to do. And looking at people around us, we can maybe see it more easily than ourselves sometimes. That... Often we're just called to do what we're doing. And we think of Jesus, how he dealt with different people. He called the disciples to come follow him. But others, he said, go back to your village. Tell them what God has done to the, to the, the man who's healed from violent spirits. God's call is going to be perfect for you. God's call is going to be perfect for you. Tim has a call in his life, and you can see it at working. His gift is joy. 
in what he's doing and bringing people here, just communicating and seeing his passion for um, music coming to fruition, being used by the kingdom of God. Michael and Hannah, with their skills in marketing, media, and creativity. Every single person, if I knew you well enough, I could say, ah, yeah, there's a call in your life. God has prepared for you something. You are useful. You are going to be used by God. And that message is trying to be drowned out by the enemy, by culture, by defeat, by despair. And we see that suicide is the highest cause of death in young men under 40 because they don't know, haven't heard, haven't got that there is a purpose to their lives. It's important. It's significant. You're not an accident, but there's a plan and a purpose for you. And it's never too late and you're never too far away. I want you to just share a little story from the Old Testament to illustrate this. How to hear God's call for your life, or one way. There's maybe multiple. Next slide, Robert, thanks, if you don't mind. Here's Samuel. I don't know how well I can see this. Pretty good. The story of Samuel. One of Hannah's favorites, I think, isn't it? Because Hannah's Samuel's mom in the Bible. There you go. And it's a beautiful story. And Hannah um, pleads to God, and she uh, gives birth to Samuel. And Samuel doesn't have much choice in the call in his life. He's left with the priest from an early age to learn to serve God. That's Hannah's commitment to God for answering her prayers, that he will serve the God all his days. So, and sometimes that's true. The influence of our parents, actually God will use for good, however positive or negative it has been. I believe that. Anyway, here's the story of Samuel. I'm going to read some of, you, some of it to you. Um, I think it's uh, Samuel 3, 1 Samuel 3, if you're following. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, who was a priest. In those days, the word of the Lord was very rare. There were not many visions. It's maybe like today. Who knows? One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Just a little aside. Just pause for a minute. The ark of God, the Ten Commandments, if you know the stories. This was a holy place in the place of Israel, in the, in the understanding and priesthood of Israel and the worship of Israel. Samuel was sleeping in the very thing that represented the presence of God. He was close to where God tangibly gave his presence throughout the days of Israel. He was close to God. And the first point I'd like to suggest to you, if you want to hear God's voice, get into God's presence. Sleep in God's presence. Live in God's presence. Open your Bibles. Come to church. Get around people. Talk to them. Wherever you find God in creation. Just open your eyes and heart. Get yourself close to God, whatever that can mean for you. But the Bible is where his truth is best, most clearly understood. But it needs help. It needs help to work it out. But Samuel was in a good place. Let's just say that. And the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli, the priest, and said, 
here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said again, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli, I did not call, go back and lie down. Here's the thing. Now Samuel, young man, young boy, did not yet know the Lord. And it's no easy thing to assume that people can recognize what is God's voice and what is not God's voice in this day and age. And as a church, and I hope and I believe that with Aaron's anointing and call, part of what we'll be doing in the future is helping people hear God's voice, recognizing people have a call, drawing them into it, encouraging people to trust it and believe in it. I'd love that. I want us to be a church like that. I believe it will be. He did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and again went to Eli. He didn't know where else to go. Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And again, the Lord stood calling him as at the time, Samuel, Samuel. God calls you by name. God will call you by name. He will hear you. He understands your heart. And he knows you individually. And all your life, he's seen it all and may have been part of most of it if you've invited him in. But he's in control and he's sovereign and he knows and he knows your name. And the response, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Just, I'd love to be like Eli, able to encourage people to hear God for themselves. It's a great gift. That's so exciting. But that's the hope, that's the call. Don't you love God's call? Don't you love God's calling? Everybody can hear God for themselves. Wonderful. And it goes on the next slide. And the Lord said to Samuel, next one, Robert, if you got it. Thank you. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something to Israel that will make the ears that everyone hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Now, sorry, if I was God, that is not the first message I would be giving to a young kid the first time he's heard me. <laughs> I was like, what? You've got to go and tell the boss that he's in trouble. Thanks. But God's ways are higher than our ways, I guess. And bless him, Samuel, it goes on to say, lay down until the morning and open the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli. And it's true, isn't it? When we hear God's voice, it can bring fear. We're not sure whether it's for ourselves or even for other people if that happens. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli insisted. What was it he said to you? And he tells him. May God deal with you ever so severely if you hide anything from me. So Samuel told him. Maybe in that moment, maybe in that moment, Samuel's life was transformed. Samuel's destiny was sealed. He was obedient to the Lord's vision before all things. He overcame fear, and I'm sure the Holy Spirit inspired him to do that, to make that decision. And, and, and in that moment on, God knew he had a faithful man. Beautiful moment. Samuel told him. Then Eli says, yeah, he is Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. And I love this. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. 
and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. None of your words ever go to waste. Every story you tell, every conversation you have, what a promise, what a hope that would be. I'd love to think even 1% of the stuff I might say won't fall to the ground. But none, nothing, Samuel said, there's two books of Samuel in the Bible. Nothing fell to the ground without waste, without fruit. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and there revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Great hope and a great promise. A great call, and that's a hope for us, that, that we can have a, a significant a call in our lives. And it could be to um, simple things. Every one of you young guys at school, working through exams, God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and a hope and a purpose and a call, and your life is significant. Don't let anybody ever tell you otherwise, because it's written in the Word of God that He has a plan and a purpose and a call. And it's never too late, you're never too old, you're never too far away. If you return to God and seek his face, hear his voice, and learn to hear his voice. And it may come instantly, or it may take a little bit of time. It was great, and that example of Eli and Samuel is a good one. And we want to be a church that encourages, that we have people who are more experienced in hearing God's word, and can encourage you, young people, and people in the faith to come. And I didn't know what it was like to know God's voice and, and still I'm not sure. And every time I'll, I'll, I'll bounce it off people that I respect and say, look, I think God's saying this to me. What do you think? Does it align with, you know, with what you're sensing? And that's a great attitude to have. Just go and check with Eli. Say, look, this is what he said, but uh, you know, I'm not sure. Hold God's word lightly until it becomes affirmed and confirmed and it starts to bear fruit. You start to see it. It's taken me years to think, oh, right, that was God leading me here. Ah, great. Often you don't get the plan in advance. It's just like, go. And <laughs> okay, faith. God loves faith. All the way from Brazil. God has a plan for your life, Raphael, and your mom and your dad. He's brought you. Wow, why? What? Why? Yeah, all over the nations. Seth, people come in here. The couple last week from Holland, sensing God's call in their lives to come here. Ian and Fiona called here for years, faithfully holding on. And people have different calls and different experiences, but God has a call for your life. Just want to encourage you to do a brave thing. I'm going to, ex um, I'm not even sure this is Sally, my wife. I probably should have. I tried to write down what I thought God's call in my life was, as far as I can understand it and see it today, much in hindsight. So here we go, next slide. Here's what I managed to write down. Okay. I, uh, believe I'm called to believe in God. And when I look back to my salvation as a 20-year-old, I did not at one time believe in God. I was thinking there was something out there, probably God didn't really buy the Big Bang, but I was not sure. But I made a decision, well, I'm going to believe that God, there is a God, and is revealed through the Bible, and Jesus Christ is his son. And I knew nothing really I knew nothing really, but I thought, I, uh, looking back, I was, God gave me a call to believe. Come and believe, Alan. I'm, I believe that. And to trust in Jesus for salvation. And to be called a Christian? Oh, my goodness. That actually was pretty tough. 20-year-old, growing up, I was quite keen to be cool and popular, and being a Christian did not really hit that mark. And that's what we want to change, I believe. 
I want it to be so attracted to be a Christian that people want to be a Christian. Even young people today want to be a Christian. Imagine being called a Christian. Oh, man, not sure about that. They're a bit weird, a bit freaky, a bit strange. But I had to be known as a Christian. Okay. I tried. It took me about a year to tell anybody, but I got there. I believe I'm called to grow in faith and character and knowledge of God. Again, as I, as I grew up in the church, I started to realize, and looking back, that, that, that I understood that's what it, was me- what it meant to be for me to be a Christian. And latterly even, I'm called to be a worshiper. I re- that revelation over the last year or two that I've been sharing has been wonderful, and it's changing all the time. God's call evolves all the time. It started with Abraham, and it's evolving all the time. It's not stopping till Jesus comes back. The call of God for the nations. I'm called to live in Dunfermline at the moment. Believe that. Didn't want to leave Edinburgh, but here I am. Hannah brought me around, invited me for supper, and stayed forever. Um, I want, as a young Christian, seeing a community of believers, I'd never met like one person before who proclaimed Jesus as a savior and knew him as a personal savior and then I met like 20 in one place in a church it was like oh what there's lots of these people I still thought they were the only people in the world but I thought I'm gonna you know give it a go uh, and stick with these guys and eventually um, I, I, I just couldn't leave I tried to leave a few times I wanted to go to church in Edinburgh because I lived in Edinburgh I went to other places but I would go to study further away in Glasgow but I, would, I would come back for a Wednesday night house group every week and I didn't think of it strange at the time because it was, I realized that God's call. He just said, come here. When I applied for jobs, I said, well, if I can be in Edinburgh, I'll, I'll apply. And, and looking back, it was like quite strange. And lots of my friends were applying all over the world. I'm like, what are you doing here? You, you know, you've got to be here. God's here. Why do you want to go anywhere else? And people, you know, left the church. I'm like, why? Where are you going? What else is out there? But I realized now in hindsight, it's like because I had a call. I had a call to be in this church, particularly, specifically. And many of you, and probably all of you here, have been invited to this church specifically, this local church, to be part of the church universal, of course. And it's not, you don't need to be in this church to be in the Christian church. But for me, I, I, I got called here. And, I, and that's, that's amazing and it's wonderful. And it's been a great blessing. So, and I, later on I realized, got married, went to be a husband and a father to be provided, protected, all these good things. And, and, uh, and um, in the workplace, I wondered about working for church full-time. But when I look at Aaron and see his passion, I see a call to be a full-time leader and that I don't have. I just don't have that same hunger, that same thirst. I, I love being in the marketplace, it's so-called, whatever that means, going to work. But I want to be useful, above all things. And everybody I meet, everywhere, anywhere, I understand that I, to be, if you like, like Abraham, a blessing. So I want, wherever I am, try to be a blessing, to be a peacemaker and encourager. And for some reason, praise the Lord, God's allowed me to preach and make you listen every so often. Thank you for hearing and listening and putting up with me, but it's allowing God's gift to be outfilled. Jimmy gave me a prophecy once to light fires and faith in people. Maybe that's still to come, but I hope that's happening. I hope God's Spirit comes upon you, that you can get excited about believing that God has a call for your life, and it's a good call. It's an exciting call. It's a wonderful call. There is nothing that can replace it. There is nothing that is more specific for you. There's nothing that it cannot do that you have not got that God will not make it too hard. It will not be too far. It will not be too difficult. God's call will be for you. In Jesus' name.
That's the hope. So, homework. Took me five minutes to write that, but does it feel all right? Those of you that know me, feel sort of, you recognize me in that? And I, I don't think it's finished. I think it could evolve. I hope it's not finished, for sure. I hope it's going to grow. I've, you know, the, the Christian life is the best, most possible, most wonderful life. I've have been adopted into not just God's family, but Hannah's family and your family and the church. And, and God is good and the call is good. And never doubt that if you trust God for your life and give him your life, it will be the best decision that you ever make. If you lose your life, it says, Jesus explained, then you will win it. Then you will find it really. You don't need to build your own plans. You don't need to create your own life. Seek first God who created you, who formed you, who knows you better than you know yourself, who understands what he's got planned for you, who can see ahead where we can only see back. He's a great guy. Trust God for your lives. Let's stand together. George, come and pray a song. Probably about come to your altar maybe. Does that sound all right? Everybody okay with this? So a paragraph... By next week, what's the call of God in your life? Give it a go. Come on. Listen, I'm not, this is exciting. This is fun. Just try it. I'm scared putting that up because it feels like, oh my goodness. Bit vulnerable. What's the call of God in your life? What's the call of God in your life today? There's one for you. There's a call of God in your life. I love God's call. Love God's call. It's a good call. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, just want to thank you for the promises you have for us, the call of God in our lives for each one of us, the beautiful promise that you have, that you invite all people everywhere, that your purposes are fulfilled through God's promises to us, that as you call people, your kingdom comes and your will is done, O oh God. As you, as you use the weak, the lost, the lame, the blind, the oppressed, your kingdom is built, O oh God. What an amazing kingdom. What an amazing invitation that we're invited not to a place of doubt, not to a place of darkness, not a place of restriction. But as we trust in you, you give us the whole world. You give us our lives. You give us eternity. And we thank you, Lord. And if there's anybody here today that would like to receive the invitation that you can imagine, as Michael was saying, Jesus in front of you, knocking at the door of your heart, saying, like he does in Revelation 22, the spirit and the bride say, come. This is the invitation of Jesus. He's saying, come. Come to me. Give me your life. Trust in me for your future. I have plans prepared for you to prosper you, not to harm you, requires trust and faith in a God you may not even know yet but you've heard it preached you've seen it written in the word of God that God is good and his love endures forever so I encourage you imagine Jesus in front of you saying can I come in invite him into your heart and say yeah come into my life lay down your life give Jesus your life say I give you every single hour of every day that I've got ahead of me give it to you Lord Jesus your will be done not mine and Jesus who said on earth I do nothing except what the Father in heaven tells me and shows me 
Let's trust God for your life. Trust God for your future. Trust God for your plans. Follow Him. Learn to know Him. Learn that journey, like Samuel, so that no word you ever speak, no thing you do, nothing need be wasted from your life. The enemy wants to kill and steal and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life in all its abundance. Trust Jesus for your life in this moment. Trust Jesus for your life. And I just encourage you as we sing this song, respond to the words, come to the altar, come to the altar. Like Samuel, come to the altar and say, here I am, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. And God will speak to you. Those of you who decide to, well, let's try this. Let's write things down. You might have to rub it out a few times. But you want to write down what I think God's call might be on my life. Share it with somebody. Share it with a friend. Share it with me if you like. I'd be welcome. But believe. But believe that your life is valuable enough that Jesus Christ died on the cross to give you eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.